0: Hey, it's Jason Fladlin here. You're listening to The Jason Fladlin Show, where I'll be sharing everything from sales and webinar tips to improving productivity and reaching your infinite potential. I'm going to show you how you can grow a business from scratch into millions of dollars or more like I have using what I call my authenticity framework. My name is Jason Flatland. I've sold a quarter billion dollars on webinars, and I'm here today to talk to you about one of the key components of what makes my success so successful, and that's authenticity. And it's weird. Let's just talk about this up front. It's weird having an examination of authenticity. It reminds me of when comedians talk about the craft of comedy. It feels a little self-indulgent. It's weird talking about authenticity. How do you be authentic and talk about authenticity, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Hopefully this lands. I don't know if it will or not, but it'll be interesting to see because I often think about authenticity when it comes to communicating with the market, and I think most communication is inauthentic whether the communicator realizes it or not, and I have a different take on authenticity than most people do. Because what I've observed when most people talk about authenticity, it sounds good, but you're all dressed up with nowhere to go. It's a good idea, but it's too ethereal. How do we sink our teeth into it? How can we deploy it and make it useful and synergistically help somebody in profit and grow our own businesses. So I'm going to give you the framework of when I'm thinking authenticity, how I'm applying it. Now, just full disclosure, I work backwards. I've always just operated, ever since I can remember, from this perspective. And it was only after many years of wondering why people that I would coach and consult and even my competition— why they don't do the things that I do. Because to me, it seemed like it was obvious and it seemed like it was proven. My approach typically yielded better results and it seemed easier. So I worked backwards from it and I defined certain things that I noticed were different that I did. That allowed me to outsell the competition and, you know, sell them millions and millions of dollars more in the same sales environment, selling the exact same thing than everybody else. And so I've identified these components that we now think about in terms of authenticity specifically as a leverage point to grow a business. First thing, though, is this. You have to realize you can be a lot more of you than you think. So this is the foundation of authenticity. Oftentimes, when entrepreneurs or business people go to a market, they censor so much of themselves because they believe, well, if I'm a leader, if I'm a professional, I must look this certain way or I must act that certain way. And so they block most of who they are, which is a tragedy because Who you are is your most unique mechanism to connect and communicate with an audience. Here's the other issue with the censorship of the self, of being less of who you are than you should be, is... How are you supposed to have your customers open up to you if you don't first open up to them? So I've given talks. Sometimes I've trained for two or three or four hours in front of live audiences, dropping some of the technical sweet sciences of positioning and of webinars and of building funnels and so on and so forth. But I'll casually mention something like how I grew up in an environment where my mom was like a a hoarder for a period of time. And the hoarding got so bad that you couldn't move from one room to another without almost swimming through the junk that was all over the floor. I actually told the story specifically about one time I got mad. I was like 15, so I stole my mom's alcohol, got drunk off. It got smashed. I wore glasses at the time. And I fell down on my way to the bedroom, lost my glasses, woke up in the morning, hung over and I couldn't find my glasses because they were amidst this pile of junk somewhere on the floor and it took several hours to find them. I barely mentioned that story one time in a multi-hour training, but at the end of the training when people were coming up and talking to me, more people referenced that story than any technique that I taught. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. And they connected with me more because they could relate to that easier than they could relate to me talking about a $25 million campaign. And I think that for most of us, if we can weave in some of the personal story or experience, it just it lands so much stronger because then it tells somebody I'm more like you than I'm not like you. But even more important, it gives context. My insights in part come from these experiences that I've had. But if you put yourself out there more to the market, then the market is going to respond in kind. They're willing now to put themselves back out to you more. And if they give you more, there's more you can do to help that person. So what have you not been saying? that you should say? That's a big question to have an answer to. Here's the second component of the authenticity framework is break the fourth wall more often. So, The fourth wall is in acting where somebody would turn to the audience and kind of give them the inside scoop. So instead of pretending the audience isn't there during a play or during a movie, you turn there and you actually talk to the audience. I think Deadpool is a good example of breaking the fourth wall. So in marketing, I'm marketing to an audience to try to teach them how to do marketing. So sometimes I will reveal the inner workings of the marketing. I'll say, this is a technique that's been taught to be used upon you in order for you to do this whether you like it or not. So instead of not pretending it's a magic trick I show them how the magic trick is done. Especially on things that I disagree with that I think are predatory in the market. In any market leadership is going to have predatory tactics that's just how it breaks down. People in power tend to exploit power and so I think a very good advantage that I have is I'm able to be successful without this exploitation of power. I don't like doing it. It feels uncomfortable to me much less the ethical considerations of Side. But because I don't do it, I can call it out when other people do it. And I can break down the shenanigans that exist in any industry that you're in. Breaking down the shenanigans and pointing at them automatically makes people more receptive to whatever you teach them because they believe whether it's true or not that, oh, he won't do that because he told me that other people are doing it and it's wrong. Now, unfortunately, it doesn't work out that way. A lot of people will point the finger at somebody else saying, look at all the bad stuff they're doing while doing the same bad stuff to you. That's a different story, though. But I think that you should Pay some attention, maybe equal attention, not just to the subject matter or the training or the educational component, but there should be something about the shenanigans of how the sausage is made in the industry itself. So, the more you can take the customer behind the counter, the less of a divide that will exist between you and the customer. I'll give you one quick example of that. In the webinars back in the day, I used to start almost all of them off with I have two agendas today. My first is to show you X, and my second is to sell you a product. So, right away, I brought them to my side of the table like I'm here to sell you something today and that I felt was better than pretending I wasn't there to sell them something and then haha I got you yes I'm actually trying to sell you something later on that a lot of people do. As if people give the out of the goodness of their ha- heart purely, like I'm going to put 40 hours into creating a webinar to teach you something and not expect anything in return to pretend that that doesn't exist. I think that's really silly. Oftentimes we talk about in our market how you can manufacture celebrity and credibility, whether it exists or not. If you sell one copy in a different country of a really cheap book that you had ChatGPT create, you could claim that you are now an international author. You're an international speaker. If you've spoken to any audience that is not in your homeland, if you pick the most obscure category on Amazon to sell a book, and you could even say you're an international best-selling author, and it sounds better than it is. And so what are the shenanigans in your market that you don't do, that other people do, that consumers would love to know, would love to be brought behind the counter, so now you're on the same side together that you can break down. The other component of authenticity is the reality that it's your business so you can decide the rules. This whole, I was just on a a call with our Driven Masterminds, a $25,000 per year mastermind with people making seven figures or more per year in their business. We just did a call this morning. We do one every Wednesday. And I went on this rant because the the in vogue thing right now today in the business world is these five day challenges. And I was laughing because I say, I think it's five because somebody used five one time. It worked reasonably well. And everybody else says, okay, I don't have to make a decision. I'll check a box and just say mine will be five. I'm not convinced that five is some sort of magic number that works better than six or four. The best way about going through something like that I was explaining is to work backwards. What would be the ideal number of days for this particular topic to this particular market at the time and build the campaign around that as opposed to like a fill in the blanks. Okay, we got to do this. We got to do that. We got to do this. I said the issue with that though is people like fill in the blanks because it's one less decision they have to make. So there's a trade off between those two. But then people start to fall in this behavioral pattern where they think that because it's always done a certain way, it's wrong if I don't do it that way. The reality is beyond the ethical and legal boundaries, pretty much everything else is fair game. If you only want to Sell to people over seven figures or more per year and turn your back on 99% of the market, you absolutely can do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to sell stuff and not care how it looks, like you don't want to have the polish, it doesn't need to be pretty for you, sell it ugly. It doesn't matter. If you just want to focus on the end result and you want to just substitute everything else out to make it look just done, barely good enough, so this one thing can be great, go for it. It's your business so you can make up the rules. It's your business is your planet and on your planet you can decide what is okay and what isn't okay. And you don't need justification for that either. The justification is because I want to. And I think that's a part of authenticity that a lot of people miss. That we've been programmed to believe that is somehow inherently wrong to want something just to want it. Again, beyond legal and ethical considerations. If you want to run it a certain specific way and everybody else thinks you're insane and they disagree with you, that's their prerogative. that. That alone shouldn't stop you from trying out the thing that you want to try out. Every major breakthrough I came up with in this business, in this industry has came because I've Absolutely violated industry norms, was ridiculed, made fun of, and then proven right. And I won big time. And then anybody else, all they can do is Xerox a version of that for themselves. They didn't create the original. And so you can decide on your terms just because you want to do it for no other reason. There's so many different ways to win in this business. There's not just one way or two ways or three ways or five ways. There's an infinite number of ways in which you can win at this business. The reality is the world needs more people who decide to fully show up more with exactly who they are and if you're changing things and suppressing things because you're like i'd rather do it this way but everybody else is doing it that way you're not showing up fully with who you are now there are some instances where it makes sense to do it the way that the industry does it but you should test those boundaries you should always be open to test it the you will just you're gonna get more business as a byproduct of people wanting to hang out with somebody who's unique and different, even if what you're doing that's unique and different doesn't actually matter. So in marketing, there's a benefit of just being different. Oftentimes different is better than better. The next component of authenticity is congruence is more important than technique. So a lot of the game of business is won through attrition, more so than brilliance and genius. Just showing up and quitting later is a huge part of success in business. And the, the big deal though, is if you're showing up often, the more congruent you can be when you show up, the the better. So if you're consistently communicating to the market that I'm always here for you and you know what to expect with me in terms of character values and you know what to expect from me in terms of my philosophy and my approach, very comforting, very comforting. Over time, people will say, I got to do business with that person and they'll make up reasons to give you money because you're congruent with who you are and you've shown your congruence by always being there for them when they need you. And that's much harder than it sounds, which is why I will sacrifice tremendously on the technique side so I have congruence. I always say it, ship, just ship, just ship, just ship. I have a million things I want to do with this YouTube channel. I have all sorts of delusions of grandeur of what I actually am capable of doing, giving my limited time set these days and my reprioritizations of values. So business now comes second to family. Family comes first. It was the other way for a long period of time. And so I say, no matter what, I know I could do this. And if I focused on this, I could improve this over here and I could make this better over here. But I show up and hopefully you see that. And I think over a 10 year period of time of the congruence of showing up and working based on what I know to be true and putting it out there, not on a trend and not on what YouTube says is hot right now and not on this thing that will superficially get some clicks, but maybe doesn't have much tail to it. Right. I think that that congruence is going to pay off. The marketplace will be impressed with you. Unlike others, when you keep coming back with the same set of values and beliefs, this is how super polarizing individuals who you're like, God, how does anybody even follow them continue to gain momentum? Because regardless of how simplistic Their stances are they're a broken record with them. They are very congruent with them. And so even if their technique is very, very poor, people feel good about listening to them because they know what to expect when they communicate with them. If you do both over time, you will pick up technique as a byproduct of congruence. So you will work marginally on technique, but naturally the result is you will become a better communicator automatically. So many people are focused on technique, but they're incongruent. They're incongruent with the application of technique and they're incongruent with their positions and their values. Their values aren't, they're too fuzzy. And so they're moving back and forth between a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And it's hard to know who they are as an individual. And that makes people uncomfortable to do business with them. So more emphasis on congruence, less emphasis on technique. Here's the other element. Beliefs are transferable. The strongest beliefs have the most transferability. So the beliefs that come from your heart and are demonstrated by what you say a little bit, but more importantly, how you show up. That's going to move the market the most. So I've made millions of dollars in sales because I believed in my audience more than my audience believed in my audience. I can look at somebody and I can see the potential in them and I know that they can reach that potential even if their self-worth is in the gutter. And And they will say, wow, that person believes in me more than anybody's ever believed in me. That doesn't mean I do this for everybody, of course. If I don't see the potential in you, even if you're telling me you're going to be successful, I'm like, okay, we'll see. <laughs> But sometimes you would just observe people and you observe their traits and their character and you you observe how they show up. And oftentimes they have imposter syndrome. And you just don't t- tolerate imposter syndrome when they're around you. And, and your belief that they're better than they are will be stronger than anything you could do, teach, or say to them or that they could do, teach, and say to themselves. And so you have to cultivate these beliefs. And these beliefs are... They come authenticity and then they're communicated in a way that has impact with the market. But a belief that isn't in your heart lacks the firepower to truly move the heart of someone else. And lastly, and this is my belief when it comes to authenticity and everything we're talking about here today is the censorship of the soul is the ultimate tragedy. And that's true in business. That's true in life. Here's a test for you. I bet you you struggle with this. Many of us, were afraid if we're journaling in our own journal that nobody's supposed to ever read in our own private journal, even then we censor ourselves. Even then we have trouble writing down our true feelings. So one way or another, we've habituated the censorship of ourselves. And then this creates a malignant tendency to where we will then want to censor others as well. I often say, who am I to decide how the market spends its money? Why should I put a limit on your ability to decide what's best for you? So we judge the market, but usually the judgment of the external market is a reflection of the judgment of the internal self. And so the better we are with recognizing reality as it is, before you can change reality, you have to recognize it exactly for what it is. So we want to go first. We want to be more open to the limitations currently that we have, and we want to be more open with the conflicts and contradictions inside of us and just lay them on the table and just acknowledge them without judgment. Ideally, that takes a little bit more practice. But the thing is, if we can be more aware of our own limitations, then we feel more comfortable addressing other people for their limitations. So a lot of, a lot of success I've had in business is, is telling people, yes, You have no experience. Yes, you've failed in business 762 different times. Yes, you lack funds right now. And yes, you also lack money. And so you are in one of the worst positions you could ever be in to start a business. However, here's why I think it still makes sense for you to consider starting a business. So what you'll see is most people won't mention those very scary downsides at all. They'll pretend they don't exist because they're afraid to mention them because if they mention them, they're afraid the market will no longer listen to them. I actually love bringing them up because if we can start with all the bad stuff, then we can end on all the good stuff. But people start with the good stuff. And if they don't address the bad stuff, that's where people's minds are going to go. And so the people are ending in the market on the bad stuff. When you're talking the good stuff, everybody's out. Everybody's losing in that scenario. So everybody's afraid to talk about the price of a product because they're afraid that their market is going to freak out over the price, run, bury their head in the sand and never be seen or heard from again. I believe that the price is a significant hurdle. It's better to address it and say, yes, this is a higher price than what you're probably used to spending. Yes, you're going to feel uncomfortable. Even consider the idea of investing this much money. But let's figure out if it makes sense or not. Because what I've discovered is if it's worth doing, it's worth doing even if it's hard. And if it's not worth doing, it doesn't matter how easy it is. And I've only been able to comfortably come up with this kind of communication because I've sat down and very openly examined without judgment my own flaws and my own limitations. And if I can do that for myself, be authentic with who I am, then I can then show up and do that for the market as well. So the bottom line is if you want to do something and it falls within those legal and ethical boundaries, then you should do it and say, why do you want to do that? Well, because I do. And then have as much of you show up to as many interactions as possible. And even if you don't have the technique, you will have the congruence. And that's probably an easier way to a million dollars than watching a million YouTube videos ever will be. So try that on for size. Let me know how that lands for you. Hey, Jason Flatland here. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you found this helpful at all, please leave me a review. And thanks again and stay tuned for future episodes.